0: Episode 43, Miss Catherine Dang with Philomath Foundation. Welcome to the Principles and Practice Podcast. This is where we discuss biblical principles for life and learning. I'm your host, Heather Hall, and this is my co host, Brian Hall. Hey everyone, welcome back to our Principles and Practice Homeschool Podcast. So we have been having a time trying to keep up with episodes, and we want to apologize to everyone who had been waiting for. Our podcast on Reformation, on Protestant Reformers leading up to Reformation Day, that those plans fell through. We had a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And we weren't able to get to that. So our friend Arlene Helms actually stood in for us to interview Miss Catherine Ding of the Flouth Foundation. So that is the treat that you have in this episode. And we wanted to just pop in and say hi to everyone real quick and um, fill you in on what was going on with us. So um, Ms. Catherine Dang, as you will learn, is a master teacher. So this is a real treat to be able to have her honor us with this opportunity for you to be able to learn about uh, her views on things and also how the Lord is using her, which is I have to say, I absolutely love and am so thankful for all of the master teachers because it's a lot of work and God has gifted every single person with different giftings and talents and interests and has called so many people, well, he calls all Christians out to disciple others. So it's a blessing to be able to learn from so many master teachers And to keep growing in our understanding of things. And we hope that you guys are all blessed by her contribution. We are very thankful for what Arlene Helms does as well. So she reaches a lot of people and is very good with networking. And we just appreciate her friendship too. And so with that, we will leave you to enjoy this episode. Hope to talk with you soon.
1: Hello. I am privileged today to have Catherine Dane with us. Heather of Biblical Classical Homeschoolers has asked me to interview Catherine Dane, and I could not be more honored for this opportunity, and especially to introduce Catherine to you on today's podcast. My name is Arlene Hounds of Reviving the Foundations. Before we begin, I'd like Catherine to read a quote from her website, which is philomath.com foundation.com. That's Philomath, P-H I L O M A T H. Catherine, welcome. Thank you, Arlene. Uh, the quote you mentioned
2: reads as this: In America, an education and biblical principles produce the greatest liberty for the individual the world has ever known. Individual liberty is the basis of individual self-government which is the cornerstone of America's constitutional federal republic. It is the responsibility of the American Christian to restore self-government to each of America's governmental institutions, the home, the church, and civil government. For if modern day American Christians will turn away from faith in the all-powerful state to belief in the absolute power of God they will again testify of the power of Christ in the life of the individual, end quote.
1: Catherine, that statement is a very powerful statement. As I read the quote, I pictured our founding fathers enthusiastically pulling up their chairs to sit beside you to discuss this quote with you. But, I also pictured the moms and dads whose ears, hearts, and minds would like to capture through this podcast, getting up and wanting to walk away, thinking that this is too heavy for them to digest. But wait, yes, I'm talking to you. Catherine knows how to cancel the fear of inadequacy that you may be experiencing. And she is here to teach us from a biblical perspective, which is key to a solid education. What Catherine has to share may seem a bit difficult at first, but like I told my children when I was homeschooling them, when they were reading something difficult, I told them that by doing the difficult thing early on, that that would give them wings to fly. So get ready to get your wings so you can fly too. We all know that education in America has changed over the years since the founding of our nation, and the purpose of education has changed too. I do not believe there is anyone more qualified than you are, Catherine, to give us the historical background of education and give our listeners direction and resources to help educate them in order for them to properly educate their own children. And with homeschooling growing at a high percentage nationwide, that ought to tell us that what you are about to share is very much needed at this time. But before we begin, I'd like to give our audience some snippets on your background, and then you can tell us more in detail throughout this interview who you are and the work that you are doing to help educate young students and adults individually, in groups, not only nationally, but internationally. Miss Sting, as we fondly call her, is the founder of Philomath Foundation. She is an author, a conference speaker, both nationally and internationally. Miss Dane is a graduate of the University of California, Berkeley in 1970. She was later introduced and taught by Verna Hall and Rosalie Slater. Those ladies are known as the ladies. Of the Foundation for American Christian Education, which we refer to as FACE. Under the direction of Jim Rose, who was also a student of the ladies, Miss Dane became a master teacher to a 50 member faculty of her own church school of nearly 800 K through 12 grade students. Retiring from education, she dedicated her time and put her pen to paper and wrote. Universal History from Creation to the Present. These are the first two volumes consisting of a thousand pages. They were published in 2000 and in 2004. Philomath Foundation is based in California. It is a nonprofit religious foundation established to propagate the ideas of providential history, self government, and Christian education through the dissemination of teaching and study materials, American Christian education seminars, history and government, study groups, youth and adult classes, and the encouragement of all in the understanding of the God of providential history and creation. She has just returned from a five-week trip to Columbia teaching on the important biblical principles in education and government. Her mentor, Jim Rose, refers to her as the foremost American Christian historian, which is interesting given that her background, ancient heritage is China. Miss Dane simplifies both the biblical path and the goals for self-education and self-government. Catherine, it is such a pleasure to be able to host this podcast with you and interview you. Can you tell us what Philomath means and how you chose the name Philomath for your foundation? Well, in my first year of teaching, the word
2: philomath was taught to me, which means in essence, the lover of learning. And I knew that in order to teach, I had to learn something to teach. And at that first year, I realized I knew nothing to teach. And that's when my my education began in history, government and education. To love learning,
1: leads to loving to teach that is so true that is how you know that you are an excellent teacher if you first are the learner is that right i agree and totally let's take a moment and talk about the five-week trip to columbia where you spoke to numerous people in five cities during your five-week visit
2: Actually, it was
1: four cities. And oh, about, right,
2: in total, it, there was about 500 hearers altogether.
1: Wonderful.
2: Yet the purpose of that trip was to learn how to produce an education that would result in a people or a generation that would be self-governed, that is, would choose to be governed by God over the government of man. And who did you speak with? Oh, a variety of people and throughout the generations, I believe. Young, uh, aged, uh, pastors, teachers, parents, uh, young people as well. Uh, Those that were just reaching the age of maturity and ready to serve God in whatever capacity they were led
1: to. Do you find that the people in Colombia because we have several friends and mutual friends who do go to Colombia do you find that Colombia is hungry as hungry as the American um, people are or are they do they seem more hungry for the words of wisdom and the truth from the biblical perspective? Well it's always difficult to generalize, uh... In speak
2: of people, there are individuals throughout the world. I believe are hungry for truth, for answers to life's critical uh, questions, and so we speak of individuals who are ready to hear what God has to say concerning their own nation, concerning the education
1: of their own children. Wonderful. You talk about the responsibility of the American Christian to restore self-government to each of America's governmental institutions. The first is the home, then the church, and civil government. Can you elaborate on that for us?
2: Well, we have to remember from God's word that the home, the church, and civil government are divine institutions. They were established by God, ordained by God. And whatever God establishes, there is a law attached to it. Whatever God creates, he attaches a law for its operations. And so American Christians who claim and profess Christ uh, are the natural people to restore, to bring back to our nation, self-government. Our government, our nation, I think, is built on the idea of the individual who consents to the government of God in their personal lives in their religious life and in their political life, which is respecting their own nation. The nation is an extension of home or family, which makes us responsible for the quality of our home becoming the quality of our nation as God established it in Genesis 10. So the home church and civil government are God's ordained spheres of government
1: to be built upon the laws of God and not the laws of man. That's right. And can you talk to us about the responsibility of the American Christian to restore self-government? What exactly is American Christian self-government first? Well, self-government, as I alluded to,
2: is the individual consenting personally consenting to the government of God or God's word in his own life, in his home, in his church and in his nation. These are responsibilities God places upon his people to be obedient to his laws concerning the home and the church, the New Testament church and the the nation that God has given us to be stewards over So self-government is not about selfish government. It is about personal volition, personal consent to the government of God. And civil government that God also established is because of man's corruption, uh, he must either be governed by God or by man. And when he is not governed by God, Necessarily, he will be
1: governed by men such as himself. So the term is new to many people, the term self-government. Do you know when that started to be used? Well, it was a deduction
2: of our past generations who began to reason politically from the scriptures. And this idea of self-government is pertaining to the individual, But throughout the documents of America's history will will appear the idea of self-government being expressed through local self-government. I believe that that's referred to first in history in the first century churches. They were self-governing entities that is internally uh, ruled by the people themselves who are again in the assembly And so I would say it began in the first century, the practice of it, and the term of it began to appear in the historical political documents of
1: America. So I believe that that's going to be new information for a lot of people listening. And I think that this is one of the key questions that people don't realize that they're asking or that they want an answer to. So I really thank you for explaining this. And I know in future podcasts and through your books and resources that people can learn even more in depth about this. So I just thank you for your voice first time, such as this to be able to, um, to share this information. So what are, um, what are your thoughts on education? We're going to skip over to education for a moment. Well, we know from the biblical instruction that education belongs
2: to the home. That is, God placed education of children uh, in the parents. It's the most natural and reasonable uh, placed to begin the teaching of children is in the home by the parents. This is predicated upon the fact that the parents themselves must have a knowledge of God's will, God's word, God's laws concerning all things, concerning everything he created, the sciences, the arts, all of the subjects that are fundamental to
1: a person's life and living. So parents today are looking for answers and for help, whether they are new to homeschooling or they've been homeschooling for a while. What are your top priorities these parents need to be mindful of and what actions would they be wise to take? And before you answer that, what you had just said about the parents, the responsibility does lie heavily on the parents. In Noah Webster's 1828 dictionary, the definition of education refers to parents. But if you look up the word education in the modern dictionary, parents, the word parents is not used. So I find that interesting. Um, And I think that's something that parents are stepping up, they're seeing what's happening and they are starting to come and have the, taking the responsibility of their um, educating their children seriously once again, as they once did in, in our nation. Parents today are looking for answers. What, what do you propose are some of the top priorities for parents? Well, again, to realize the fearful responsibility,
2: to raise up your own child for the Lord. There are gifts of the Lord, children are, they're they're blessings. And it is an honor to be placed with a life to educate and raise up for God's purposes. And there will come a time, as you all know, that you will have to give them to the Lord, present them back to the Lord as an adult to walk with him as an individual. So what must you do to prepare someone, such as your children are, to prepare them to, again, be governed by God himself, to choose God's government for his own life. That is a spiritual decision and and a spiritual decision to be made as to how and what to teach the, the children you have but remember what your purpose is to raise them up for the lord's purposes not for your own or for uh, any other entity such as the state's purposes man's amen purposes. amen and so when we think about priorities you have to think again about what you choose and why you choose to teach them if your goal is for worldly success, you will, that's what they will have. Uh, if their your goal is for them to be accepted by the world, that's what you will have. But if they are to again to be obedient and serving God and experiencing God's personal care in their lives, then you must contemplate what comes first, what is fundamental and foundational all of it is to choose an education that will accomplish, a manner of education that will accomplish that purpose. They were made for a purpose. They were designed and made by God. And who better than God to direct you in the education of that individual child? So it is a matter of putting faith in God or fearing what man will
1: say or do. That's important. That's, that's a good point, Catherine. Now, we are blessed in this nation to have the liberty to educate our own children, and may it always be. But you also talk about liberty being important to individuals and to nations. Liberty is important, or at least ought to be important, to every individual, especially Christians. And you discuss liberty on your blog The title is The American Way of Life, Part 28 of a 28-part series. Could you read that quote for us? Yes, it reads this way:
2: Many Americans deny their responsibility for the quality of civil government in which they live. We have neglected that. This can be restored. It's like the stock market: we have our ups and downs, but it's forward-pressing. America's way of life is fueled by individual liberty. It's liberty we can't live without. We must have our liberty. Liberty is our breath of life. Now we must understand that mankind has a fallen nature and this is denied by shall we say secular thinking but our fallen nature means simply that man has fallen from his original creation, which means that he's been corrupted by his own decision and actions from the very beginning of man's creation. And as a result, there needs to be the correction from corruption. And that is a, a, a spiritual work of God through Jesus Christ, This is Christianity being set free from that nature that is self-destructive, that is fallen away from obedience to God, is inclined to be against the will of God, against his own uh, good. And so that deliverance, that salvation is a spiritual work of God in one's life and this has to be reckoned with. We have to examine if these things be true as an individual, as well as collectively as a people. So that's basic to understanding the work of God in the life of men and nations, bringing deliverance, spiritual deliverance and power over the corrupt nature of man. Uh, Man cannot set himself free because he doesn't have that strength. It is the spiritual power, the work of Christ's gospel in the individual's life. So that's the premise of our need for liberty. Now, God made each one of us with natural liberty. And that natural liberty is simply not to be imposed upon. God is not a God of force. God gives us the liberty to decide our own for our own lives. And so God would have us choose between good and evil. And this is what education must teach, the difference between what is good and what is evil. This is called reasoning. And biblical reasoning tells us that what is good promotes life. And what is evil is destructive to life. And our standard, That which is good is, of course, scripture. What scripture teaches is good. And so, this is the beginning of how to get ourselves into the liberty of Christ, to choose Him as our deliverer, our giver of liberty.
1: And I remember when I was home educating my children, hearing for the first time. The difference between God giving us free will to choose versus under tyranny, you're forced. And that just made such a big impression on me. Never did I think that we would see some of the things that we're seeing today in our nation. But that is so when I look at is this giving us freedom or is this being forced upon us? And I, Think about it and line it up with freedom under freedom. God is over freedom. And then man is over tyranny.
2: Well, the Bible speaks not so much as free will. I would like to think of as a freedom of the will. And he gives us, again, a measure of what is good and evil in his word and therefore man can know the difference between good and evil, and then to choose. I think Joshua said it well to the nation when he said, you choose this day whom you will obey, whom you will serve, right. and he taught them to reason, but he said, after all, I have reasoned. He said, as for me and my house, We will serve the Lord. And again, it is a matter of reasoning. What is presented to us by God, not only in his word, but in history and in nature and in education. Thank
1: you for that, Catherine. So what are the resources? We're going to come to a, a conclusion here and end. What are the resources that you recommend for moms and dads and patriots to gain some more knowledge from what you have stated here today? Well, I do have, as a matter
2: of introduction, what I usually present first to parents and teachers. And that is the, I think my presentations on my website concerning history, government, and education. I think those are the first three Audio's that would help you understand the relationship and the importance of history, understanding history as God working uh, in all things and fulfilling his purposes and government being of two types, self-government or civil government, producing in education the reasoning out of self-government. And so I would recommend those to you, as well as volumes by Ms. Hall and Miss Slater, uh, Christian History of the Constitution of the United States by Verna M. Hall, which may be purchased from FACE, Teaching and Learning America's Christian History by Rosalie June Slater, also of FACE, Mr. Rose's Guide to American Christian Education, the Principal Approach by Jim Rose. If you will search that out as well. And those are primary sources with Webster's 1828. Webster's 1828 is the language of American English and it's the language of our documents, the language of liberty uh, that I would recommend to you. Those are primary beginning foundational works that are worthy of your research.
1: Yes. FACE, we mentioned earlier, um, for your, our listeners, Foundation for American Christian Education can be found at www.faceface.net and you can find these resources there. Catherine nor I are making any um, money off of this. We are just here to share the resources that we have used. And um, so you can find a wealth of information from from face. So as parents may seem a little bit overwhelmed, but can you share before we go, can you share the story of you being from China, living in America and then going to Colombia? Um, Can you just share how God works through us in unexpected ways and and so that our listeners can anticipate how God might use them in, in unexpected ways and bless them, their families and other people, especially because we are here to serve the Lord and to honor him and to glorify him. And you have done that and people hear about you from Colombia. And yet people right here in America still have not been introduced to Sting. So it's been a pleasure to introduce our audience to you. So can you tell us about how he used you in
2: Colombia? Well, using me is one thing and choosing me is another. (laughs) Great. But my, my parents came from China. I was not born in China. My parents came from China before the communist uh, under Mao Zedong took over China in 1949. They came in 1947. So I think I just made it under the wire. Uh, I was born in California, but my parents migrated. Emigrated to the United States, as I said, in 1947, and I think all the time by how God's providence before I was even born, before I was even conceived, He planted me in this nation, where where today I would be in China. I don't know if I would be living in China, but I would be under communist China today. And I thank God that I have was born to this liberty, this kind of liberty. I didn't know anything of God until I was seven years old. My parents were not believers in in Christ as yet. And so I never heard of God until I was seven years old in Sunday school. And at nine years old, I came to Christ, uh, believing in him as my savior. Went to the secular schools like everybody else did in my generation, most of them. Graduated, as you mentioned, uh, Arlene, from Berkeley as a Christian, but not understanding how to answer the socialism evolution that came so strongly at me from the time of uh, of, uh, my college years. And it was there in Berkeley that God called me into Christian education of all things, the thing I most detested for its lack of scholarship. And of course, being a uh, public school graduate, uh, I had no respect for Sunday school teaching and the lack of, I think, response to the paganism or the secularism that I was surrounded by but lo and behold God called me into Christian education and that's where I began my education in biblical education and so I knew nothing to teach and God helped me day after day and deposited in my heart his word and his principles concerning history government and education so those of you who believe you're inadequate The truth is we are all inadequate unless the Holy Spirit, our teacher, come to us and we open our hearts to his teaching. No, no people love their children more than parents. No teacher can love your child the way you love them simply because that love is of God. Parental love is divine and no one knows your child better than you. Perhaps only God knows them better than you and love them better than you. And for the love of your child, you must trust God for them and trust God for your sufficiency day by day, as I had to as a teacher of six subjects. And I was only given one dictionary, two red books, and some old public school textbooks, that's what I began with. And cried every night to God, what do I do tomorrow? What do I teach? And that's how we begin. It's a wilderness, isn't it? But you are far better off today with what has been produced since I started 53 years ago. So I have no real true compassion for those of you who are beginning today. When I think of how God was able to bring something out of nothing
1: in me. That is just beautiful, Catherine. I hope that that will give others encouragement to know that all things are possible through Christ who gives us strength. And when we seek him and um, that you were also crying out and I just, he certainly answered your prayers. And 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 beyond. So I want to hope that this has been informative, that people have found your interview interesting, and, and that this will help them to have wings to fly. This is Arlene Helms of Reviving the Foundation with Arlene Helms. You can find me on Facebook. I encourage you to visit the page and pull up the talk that Miss Dang gave in Grand Rapids, Michigan, a few years ago. I want to thank Heather Hall of Biblical Classical Homeschoolers for giving Miss Dang and me the opportunity to be with you today. You can visit Miss Dang's website, www.philomathfoundation.com. That's P H I L. O M A T H Foundation.com. We mentioned Foundation for American Christian Education, and that website is www.face.net. If you listen to this podcast, you may not realize that you are looking for answers. And one of the answers is having the liberty to educate and take your education a bit more seriously than what you have so that you can better homeschool and educate your children. Catherine, can we leave our friends with a scripture verse? Well,
2: that's a, <laughs> there's so, so much we can uh, reflect upon. But I what comes to mind now is where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And that Holy Spirit will give you the liberty you need to
1: study, to learn, and to teach. That's a wonderful ending to a wonderful interview. And I thank you again, Catherine, for this time that you've taken to be with us. And we ask that all the listeners will be blessed by this and that they can grow in wisdom and in knowledge and in the word so that they can be a blessing to others and so that God may be glorified. God bless you and have a wonderful day. Thank you.
0: As always, if you're looking for additional resources or support,
2: you can visit our website at principalacademy.com, check out our shop and our blog, and you can also find us on Facebook at Christian Homeschooling with Bible Principles, also on Instagram under Principal Academy. Thanks so much for joining us.
0: All right. Well, this is Heather Hall.
2: And this is Brian Hall.
0: For Christ and His glory.